everyone, this is Matthew Cross from TSN 1050, and you're listening to the Pro Sports Podcasters. We are the Pro Sports Podcasters, where no sport is left behind. It's time for another episode of the Pro Sports Podcasters with your hosts, Nee Wallace Bruce, Corbert Durand, and Justin Williams. On this podcast, we have guests from all over the world covering every sport from artistic gymnastics to weightlifting. We have something for every sports fan on PSP. Whether your interests are the athletes playing the game, the coaches, or the media, we've got you covered. Fun and informative, honest and engaging. You won't want to miss a single episode. So let's kick this off. Hey, and welcome back to another episode of the Pro Sports Podcasters. I am not alone today, ladies and gentlemen. I have both of my co-hosts with me. I have Nee Wallace-Bruce, the guy from Down Under, the guy who always, you know, adds a little bit of flair and his random lingo to our conversations. Nee, how you doing? Crikey, I'm good, mate. I'm good. How you doing? <laughs> Living the dream nearby. And we also have the other guy who's watching the World Cup intently because his team is still in it. Also, if you don't know, this guy knows everything about NFTs. Hop on over to our website, prosportspodcasters.com. Become a subscriber and Kobe will give you the lowdown on so rare and any type of NFTs you got. Kobe, how you doing? I'm fine. I'm glad you are. Says our next guest, this gentleman, he is one of the best ever to do it in sports announcing. He His record is just outstanding for whatever he does. His name is still talked about here in Toronto. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome. He's now a freelancer, Mr. Rod Black. Uh, does that make me a pro sport podcaster, you guys? If you want to be the fourth member, you can be. I I already like all your accents, so uh, (laughs) only go. And and I and I love that. I'm good. I'm fine. That's perfect. (laughs) I like that. Short and sweet. You got a newbie there by Tundra and Jesus Rad, and you got an Aussie as well, Mike. That's right. Right. From the Outback, actually. Yeah, Dinkum. That's right, Mike. You know what you can't you can't say in Canada. That's right. (laughs) That's right. Yes. That's right, Mike. Yes. Good to be with you guys. Good to be with you guys. I've heard a lot about you. I, I so I, I wish I could see you, but it's this is an audio podcast, so it's this. I, people still listen. Every by the way, everybody's. I've, I've said, and this is not not a slight against you guys, but I've said quite often that podcasts are like buttholes. Everybody's got one, and some some buttholes are just nicer than others. And I consider. <laughs> So you you guys must have a nice ass, I guess, is what I'm saying. Bleach. <laughs> but hey, anyway, it's uh, it's good to be with you guys. Really good to be with you guys. I'm not going to lie. That's probably the best intro I've had a guest ever rebuttal with. So kudos <laughs> to you. <laughs> Most of them are like, thank you for having us on. Uh, this, is, this is an amazing pleasure and honor. And you're like, podcasts are buttholes. <laughs> how, many, how many episodes it. have you guys had? Uh, 216, I think. Wow, that's just, good. Just no. So when did you did you guys start? Like, uh, so did you start in the pandemic, or were you were you up and running before it? I mean, basically, after you know when COVID hit, it also allowed everybody to to uh, stay at home and then do this stuff, which yeah, is great. So, so we started a couple of years ago during the pandemic, and yeah, the three of us came together. Justin and I had been on another podcast, yeah, and we. I've been working with Kobe before on, on other content creations, so we decided to join forces and bring our powers together. Nice. Now, have you guys ever been in the same room all together at once, or is 
Is, is that is is that allowed? I mean, Kobe doesn't like us too much. <laughs> <laughs> many times, many many times. Anyway, it's good. Again, I think it's cool. I think that this this new world that we live in is is allowing. Uh, a little more in-depth conversation, uh, which we don't get to, to do. I, I mean, I, I've worked in television my entire life, and quite often we do interviews. They're three minutes long. Sometimes at the end of a period, it's 30 seconds. Those dreaded, you know, talk to an athlete while they're sweating and, and spitting all over you. Um, uh, you know, those. so you never really get anything in-depth. And I do find that this format really allows for... Uh, for everybody to have a really good conversation and and and, and a lot of and, and a lot of good dialogue and narrative on things that you probably no, don't normally talk about, so I think it's really cool. We may have to use that in our Instagram ad, guys. hundred <laughs> percent. And the butthole comment. I'm really. Yeah, you can use that. Yeah, ours tastes better. Ours tastes. Your butt tastes better. That's right. This butt's for you. <laughs> Quoted by Rob Black. <laughs> what do you mean TSN doesn't want to work with us anymore? If Rob Black oh, said the following. Okay. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> oh, my God. Real life, uh, real drama, real sports, real butts. <laughs> the pro sports podcasters. Yeah. Oh, my that's Lord. So, Rod, just to kind of bring things back to the main part of the interview. Yep. So you've been in, in sports business for a while, and most notably you were with TSN for, for a number of mm -hmm. years. Uh, we've had a few TSN guests on ourselves. One of the ones that stands out to us is Matt Cause. Uh, I'm a personal fan of his. I really – oh, my God. Great dude. So I'm actually a stand-up comedian, and he was a stand-up comedian, so him and I kind of bonded over that. I did not even know that. I did not know – and that's why it's so funny. There you go. I, I love Matt. He's oh, my God. I, I, I miss him. I, I used to be on his show quite a bit. I really like him. Uh, he – Yep. You know what I like about him is that he's um, kind of outside the, uh, you know, he's outside the box in, in many ways. I know he's got some sort of betting thing and uh, the afternoon show yep. that is, I think it's game day, which four. is now bet day or something. Yeah. Every, and there's another thing. Everybody's got a podcast and everybody's got a betting site now too. So, um, but one game thing play. about him yep. is that, you know, he doesn't sound like your normal radio announcer. And uh, I, I, I like that. He's, he's kind of, he sounds like one of the guys from the Dan Patrick show. And I, I like that. And he's, he's irreverent and he's funny and he knows a lot about sports. And, and also I, I really admire his dad. His dad was a long time, uh, writer, uh, statistician, whatever you may call it, but a, a purveyor of sports, I guess you might say for so many years. So Lucas, and, uh, yeah, I really like him. So how was Maddie on the show? He must've been great. Well, two things to touch about that real quick. Uh, his father actually also was really big into horse racing too. He was talking about this. I think he's written a couple of books on horse racing. I do believe you're correct. And Matt was just amazing when he came on. So I find with Matt, what he does is he takes the audience into his own world. And you're going to get a piece yeah. of how his mind kind of functions. Yeah. And yeah. at first it's kind of scary. You're like, oh, this is really <laughs> not orthodox at all. But you find yeah. after it's like very timid. Yeah. So when he was on, he was talking about his own sports tribunal and how at the time he wanted essentially, uh, this is when, um, what's his face was leaving uh, and going to, oh my God, was it James Harden. When James Harden was leaving 
uh, oh, yeah. Brooklyn, I believe, or going to Brooklyn, one of the two. And essentially, he's like, we need to make him a contract where he can only visit or, uh, strippers at the two in the afternoon and <laughs> nothing before, nothing after. He only gets the bad ones. That's and- a great contract. <laughs> I'd like to see his agent. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and but- he was just going on this like weird narrative. And I'm like, I love this guy. Oh, that's that's Maddie. He goes off on tangents. The other thing, too, what I love about at first I was, you know, it, it annoys sports fans, but when you get to know Matt and you're on his show enough, you you also realize that he basically mispronounces every name uh, in, in sports. Uh, it's it, yeah. you know, if it's possible, like the, some, sometimes the easiest names, uh, and it's uh, to me, it's charming and it's funny, uh, you know. So it, it it do not give him a Russian name. Do not give him. Um, uh, a Croatian name. Uh, I, I would even suggest don't even give him an Irish name. Don't give him any names. Uh, he's just good with numbers. <laughs> but he's funny. I love Justin. the dude. <laughs> yeah. I, I butcher so many don't names. Don't let We've the had- facts <laughs> or the names get in the way. Come on. <laughs> Legit. I'm so good at numbers. I studied engineering for four years. I'm like, this is great. Give me a name that's not North American, and I'm struggling. Oh, really? So you're an engineer? You are an engineer, I guess. Yes, indeed. Yes. Oh, wow. Electrical. Wow. Dude, are you, are you, uh, can you be contracted out as well? Are you, <laughs> why, are, I, I, why are you doing a podcast? Why are you not making millions of dollars? Because <laughs> I hated the grind of being in, it was basically, I found engineering was, at least when I was working, it was the corporate retail world. And instead yeah. of buying something that was like 50 bucks, you now have a customer who wants to buy something for like 5 million yeah. or like 50,000 or whatever it is. Like, I remember one time we actually worked for a company over in, um, in England and, we had to go by their time zone. So we had meetings with them at eight in the morning, but for us, it was like three. And I was like, I fucking hate this. Yeah. Well, so. that's, that's, if, if, if that's the thing, if, and that's probably how I got involved in sports in the first place is I didn't want to have a real job. And the beauty of being in sports in the sports world is it's hard. It's like, like I, but it's fun. It's like, I've always said, it's the toy department, right? Like it's it. I live in the toy department. I get to play with toys every day. And these toys are sports, you know, sports stories. And they're, uh, sometimes the toys uh, break. Sometimes the toys are uh, corrupted. Sometimes they have no power, but, and, but, and sometimes there's some business stories and sometimes there's tragic, tragic stories about these toys. But in the grand scheme of things, it's so much fun. And I think that's probably why you guys started this podcast is that especially pro sports there's nothing like mm-hmm. it man it's intoxicating and you know like people ask me all the time like well have you retired no i haven't and i i love i still you know love doing games and i still i'm still broadcasting and i still just do it on other venues but i love game day I, there's nothing like it there's nothing like a game there's nothing like watching any kind of sport and because of the the uh, unpredictability of it, because there's you can't write endings, you know you can't write endings, and in that engineering world, you knew that there was a solution, and that solution you're going to get here. I'm sure you're watching the World Cup. You can't, you could never have predicted some of the stuff that's going on in the World Cup. You can't predict endings uh, like we saw the other night with the uh, Utah Jazz and the Golden State Warriors, or or fights, or games, or shots, or whatever it is. I, that's what I love about it, and 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 I I think that's that's really one of the coolest things uh, that exists. So yeah, so that's how I I got involved in this because I, I really not very good at anything else, and I really like sports, and it's fun. Let's go. And I don't want to. I don't want to. You know, like hey, and they're gonna what? You're gonna pay? Wait a second. You're gonna pay me for this? Oh, okay. I'll I'll do that. And so um, once you get once you once you're in the toy department, it's really hard to leave. That right. is facts. Yeah, it's um, I mean, you do you're doing something you love, 
you don't really think you don't really um think of it as like a a, a chore or like a, a task it's it's something it's a passion that you're doing yeah. so and, but, and don't get me wrong it, like it's tough like i did so many games i remember somebody was talking to somebody the other day and and, and trust me i don't <laughs> hey they're they're Look out! Look out your window now, guys, and look at the people down the street working on a, a culvert, or uh, uh, you know, hydro workers working, or um, nurses or doctors. People who have really important jobs that need to do things. Don't get me wrong; I, I will never compare it. But th- there is some ground and grunt work, and you have to do it—the preparation work and watching games. If you watch, by the way, it's great to be in the toy department when the games are really good. It, it's hard <laughs> when the games re- it's hard when the games suck, yeah. or, the, or there's or there's issues with games or or stories like that but there is a lot of grind there's a grind i'm doing you know i did some cb cebl stuff the canadian elite basketball league mostly just yeah, somebody asked me they said why are you doing that I said, and somebody asked me and i, I love the games and it was cool and, you know i get to see, hang around with some of these players who played in the nba jay cole was there same thing with uh the ojhl somebody just said hey would you want i said why not let's do it because i like games um but the preparation work and all of a sudden having to learn the names or the numbers and the stats and the stories of all these kids, it's a real challenge. And, and I, and I take that challenge responsibly. I really do. I still, I still do. I, I, I prepare for a, an amateur event or a high school event or whatever it is, as much as I would prepare for somebody going to the Olympics. And you know, it, it is work, but boy, it's fun work, man. It's fun work. Yeah. That's, that's interesting. And, if you don't mind, tell us a little bit more about that, like the prep that goes into whatever it is, whether you're covering um, CBL or whether you're covering the Blue Jays or the Raptors. Talk some, tell us about that. Well, yeah. So you know, I when you when you got when you're on the grind, like in, if you're doing a team, I used to do a lot of Raptor games or Blue Jay games in a row. And you start to get into a routine, so you really start to get to know the players and the stories. So it's kind of ingrained, and then you find new stories every day. But it's really hard when you pick it up. Let's say I'm, you know, was doing a Jays game, and then Friday I'm doing a CFL game, and then Saturday I got a boxing match, and then Sunday there's some an NHL game, whatever. And that's happened. Like so. What I really try to do is, is, is weeks beforehand, try to get what we call our game boards ready. And essentially a game board is your kind of your cheat sheet. You know, it's, it's, I mean, yeah, we, we, so we, we do know a lot about the athletes, but you got to have the numbers there. And so you create essentially a spreadsheet of the numbers of the players, uh, their birth dates, where they're from, interesting stories like you, and you start filling that out. It's kind of like filling out a bingo card, you know, the, and you start filling it out as the, the games get closer because stuff happens even though um the raptors and lakers played last night you may not have seen the lakers play the night before or two days earlier so you really have to kind of fill that stuff in but i like that grind and i like finding i really like finding the interesting stories about athletes um everybody they you know they're all so different and they there's a reason they're all there they're really good at what they do and uh i love their motivation and i love the unique little you know, the little asides, uh, the trivial things about them, uh, certainly the facts for sure. I love the meat, but I, I do love the fact that there's that, that all of these athletes have this amazing story of their, their journey and you can't get it all in clearly, but it's nice when you have a moment that you have it back in the back of your head or in your file or on your sheet that, you know, you might need it during a game. And I tell young aspiring broadcasters that all the time, say, put your stuff, put all your stuff in, in the toolbox, put all your tools in. And, you know, or that treasure chest. And every once in a while, you're going to, because 
if you've never been there before, if you haven't done the work or you haven't seen the athlete, you're going to have nothing to talk about. You know, you're not going to have anything to talk about. So I, I, and I also know that parents are watching and uh, scouts are watching and other people are watching. So they like to know those stories too. That it is, it is quite fascinating. And, and, and every single day that I know I'm like 60 now, I started when I was 18 as juiced and jacked and stoked uh, doing any kind of game as I was maybe even more so than I was when I first started getting in the business. It's, 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 it's very intoxicating. That's awesome. Love to hear that. And love to hear that the, the fire is, you know, just as right, if not stronger than before. Just a quick one. You're from Winnipeg. Did you know, or did you come up with Judy Owen who writes the Canadian press? Uh, I, you know what I do. I do. I know, I know Judy actually, Really well. I don't. I haven't seen her in years. But Judy, um, she was in the same course uh, that I took. I believe a couple of years earlier, called uh, Creative Communications at Red River Community College. Uh, and then I, yeah, I got to know her as she, when she was a young writer. Uh, she's 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 fantastic. She's she's done some great work uh, through the years. I quite you know I follow her. I know she was doing a lot in the CFL. I saw her on the beat in the CFL, but you know I I, I haven't really seen. Her. I might have bumped into her once or twice a year over the last maybe 10 years. Very good at what she does. Absolutely, yeah. Was she, she on your show? Sure. Yeah, just a couple of weeks ago, and she said some really interesting stories. She's very good at what she does. I'm, I'm, I admire anybody in our industry. I really do. And there's so many now uh, in our industry. And, and, and so, you know what I love is the, the breadth of it. You know, when I got in, it was honestly, it was just a, a bunch of white dudes, uh, mostly older guys, who, you know, and it was, it was really hard to break in. I got lucky at 18. Uh, and then, you know, you started to see more diversity and uh, you started to see more women sports writers. I would, guys, I was, I was a young broadcaster and there was a story and I can't remember, I should remember, I think her name was Robin, might be Robin Brown in Winnipeg, who was not allowed in a dressing room. Mm. wasn't allowed in a dressing room and it was a huge story and uh cal murphy the general manager late general manager of the winnipeg blue bombers at the time i remember he would not allow women uh into the dressing room <laughs> you know when you think about that now that is absolutely ridiculous mm. well i think a few things are ridiculous first of all i still think that it's ridiculous that any reporter is allowed into a dressing room while players are coming out of showers i still i still can't get over that that you'd sit there and interview somebody while they're naked i mm. i can't believe it why, like why is why does that ever happen that doesn't make sense to me i don't know right. why i think it goes back decades and decades oh the sports writer this guy's still sweating that makes no sense to me i i will not interview anybody like that i don't even care if they had a towel on get dressed or keep your equipment on and, and do interviews i, I still don't mm -hmm. get over that but anyway it's good so great to see that that so many women are broadcasting now sports we never saw it for many years doing play-by-play -play for sports i was listening to the radio the other day um listening to the world cup i want to say her name is vicky sparks is that her name vicky sparks i think it is uh fantastic really good broadcaster and and why wouldn't she be but she never would have had an opportunity when i was young and growing up because they weren't allowed women weren't allowed and now you're seeing so and not, that wasn't wasn't even that they weren't allowed it was just it was again like this club this club of old, like the older experienced sort of broadcaster who was there i love it the fact that anybody can do it now and anybody should be able to do it no matter your background no matter what you do where you're from uh, how you got there as long as you get the training i'm a big believer in training and 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 doing the right reading and writing and doing the grunt work and and loving sports 
I do mm. believe that. And so now it's, it's such a great world out there now that we get so many different voices and uh, so many different faces and, and, and so many different viewpoints and opinions because there are. <laughs> With back then, it was always this is the way, and you do. And when you were at a newspaper, I don't, I don't know if, if you guys, I don't know how old you guys are, but a newspaper was the thing was papers, and they used to <laughs> they used to have type and they printed it. Was like, and there was a thing called a VCR too. Anyway, so but no, like they, I went to the the, and I'm I'm I was a diehard newspaper reader. I used to have like five or six delivered every day because I wanted to get all you know all the information. This wasn't long ago where newspapers wrote stories about the games you know what happened in the game you know in the second period mitch marner you know uh, continued his point streak for such as you know and then in the third that was it was a, a recap because there weren't the nightly shows like there were now they or instantaneous highlights that you can mm -hmm. get or information so that's what it was it was a story about last night now it's all opinion oriented it's all columns it's all foreshadowing it's it's what could be what was and it's it's great, but again, it's it's all mostly mostly digital now. So it's you know, and it's it's brief, and it's into sometimes just into a tweet or or whatever it might be. But it, we've we've come so far, and now all of these different voices that are out there can form their opinion and form uh, uh and and also change people's opinions. So the, yeah, the sports world is, is changed so much. I, people would say from when I started, which was back in, you know, 1981 or I think, yeah, 81 to, to now, I would say even in the last five years, it's really changed. I would say it's even changed even more after, you know, during the pandemic, because now we can do stuff on computers. We can do this stuff. We never would have done an interview like on a Zoom situation before ever. They would go, no, no, no. We got to get a cameraman over there. Now it's just like, okay. You got your iPhone on? Okay. All right, uh, LeBron, here, can we, can we get a word from you? It's, mm. it's, it's an unbelievable world now, and uh, it's scary and challenging, but I, that, you know, it's, it's great that we've got so many people in it. Absolutely. That was a very long answer. That might have been the longest answer I think you guys have ever had on your podcast. Are you guys still there? <laughs> yeah, we're yeah. still here. Is this we'll show over? It. Sorry. No, no, we're good. We're good. You're, you're right. You're right. So, Rod, can I call you Rod? You can call me whatever you want. Rodney, <laughs> Rod. Uh, You've called <laughs> so many different sports, so many different events, so many different people, so many different personalities. Is there anyone yeah. that you enjoyed calling whatever sport with the most? Calling uh, the athlete or uh, like broadcasting alongside? Sorry. Broad broadcasting alongside. Oh, like a uh, color. So I've been, I've been very lucky having so many analysts or color commentators. I think I probably, I don't think I'm wrong in saying I've probably had more than anybody ever had in the business just because I did so many sports and I love doing every sport. Mm -hmm. And I can honestly say that I've had so, I mean, I, I could write a book really on just the people that I've worked with and so many great people and great friends. I mean, ob the obvious ones, and, you know, people associate, you know, me with Raptor basketball and Leo, of course, who's a great friend. I, what I love is that the chemistry that exists or, or that um, uh, percolates between two people normally starts because you be, you know, you, you, you're trying to find it or that rhythm. I've always found that the more you get to know somebody and you become, I wouldn't say you don't even have to become friends, but at least acquaintances and you get to know each other more, the better it is. So Leo obviously has, has been 
you know, a sidekick and a, a best friend for many years. I would say Dwayne Ford, certainly CFL, Tracy Wilson and skating, um, Debbie Wilkson skating at the same time earlier. Uh, I've done so many hockey events. I had Dave Reed working with me and Mike Keenan through the years. I would say baseball, Pat Tabler, uh, had a you know, great relationship with Tabby through the years, Joe Carter before him. You know, I, I've been lucky. I've, I, again, you know, with, the, with different sports, you just have so many. I, I, I probably you know Cheryl Pounder, uh, who I got to know like she's like a sister to me. Is is doing doing so many international women's hockey events through the years, and so you know, I guess I, you know, in a rambling dissertation, I'm saying you know, they're they're all I love them all, and I really haven't had too many that you know I didn't get along with golf, Jim Nelford, uh, David Faraday. David Faraday started with us uh, broadcasting. That's how he began at, at CTV years ago. And we did lots of golf and Bob Weeks. And I've been lucky. I've really been lucky. I'm a lucky bastard. You know, like I'm really lucky that I've had so many people to work with. And I, 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 I would say that, you know, maybe one of the strengths that I've had through the years is that I've had those people beside me. But I've, I, you know, I've honestly tried to be that pitcher that threw it down the plate to them and let them hit, hit the ball out of the park, um, and and make sure that you know we had that chemistry at those moments. And it's been it's been fun. And again, I, I whoever I might be in the booth with, whatever broadcasting uh, venture I have next or game I have, I, I I love it all. You, I don't have to tell you guys. It's it, you guys do it all the time. You, it's the chemistry that you have. I don't even know if that's that's the right word. You guys got great chemistry. I just think it's a great, it's a vibe, it's a feel that you have. And, and um, if, if, hey, if you didn't do it, I, I guess here's the thing. If I wasn't, if I didn't like any of them, I probably wouldn't be working at, at it, right? So um, it's, it's been, it, I've, I've been very, very lucky and very blessed and privileged to, to work alongside incredible, incredible. What, and, and, and sometimes superstars, you guys, like, you know, people that I, I sometimes forget, oh my God. You know, oh my gosh, that's Joe Carter. Yes, my and I go, oh Joe Carter, oh my. And, you know, the beauty is with Joe Carter that everywhere we went, we never had to pay for golf. It was like, oh Joe, hi, Joe, hi, Joe Carter, just uh, Joe Carter who hit the home run. Yeah, oh yeah, Joe, come on by, play eighteen. Okay, I will. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, James Worthy. I worked with James Worthy doing the Grizzlies uh, when they first came into existence. I was doing games in Vancouver for a couple of seasons and worked alongside. I have never been around anybody. Now in Canada, you know, college basketball, NCAA college basketball is really only for the diehards. But obviously people knew big game James for his pro career and what he did with the Lakers. But if you go to the States, every city, every bar, every town, everywhere we went. And if I was with him, it was people, he would get swarmed. And this was kind of, we were doing it, that was before selfies. So it was always autographs or somebody drag out a, a one of those Polaroid cameras. But I've never been with anybody like that in my life. And it was, whoa, dude, this is crazy. You know, I I, I, I did some tennis with John McEnroe uh, years ago. I was working, you know, I worked alongside him for a couple of matches. Same thing, you kind of forget about it. You know, all of a sudden you become buddies with these people. and. I never, in a, guys, I never in a million years would have imagined, you know, from Winnipeg, this little teenage kid who was dreaming about sports and life and all that would have been able to call some of these people my friends. But I'm, I'm again, like I said, very, very fortunate. Are you a fan of NBA? Do you consider yourself a serious NBA fan? Do you know the players, know the teams, know who's winning, know who's losing? Because if you do and you're not on the so rare NBA fantasy platform yet, you're missing out. 
you are definitely missing out because I know a lot of people who are actually on that platform who don't even know that much about NBA, hardly anything at all, because I got them asking me questions every single day on our Discord. And they're kicking ass on SoRare. And they don't shit. So if you know a lot, you should be getting on it. It's absolutely free. I'll leave a link for you in the description, okay? Get on it. Get in it. Use your knowledge. Win some shit. Let's go. Did you play any sports competitively yourself when you were young? Well, yeah. You know what? I I would say, I would say, uh, um, I did. I, 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 my, my issue was probably my greatest strength was probably my greatest weakness. And, and it probably did it to my broadcasting as well. It made me more versatile is that I played so many different sports. Whatever the season was, I'd pick up that ball, that glove, that, you know, hockey in winter. Well, hockey is all year round in Winnipeg. It's, it's cold all the time. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, whatever it was, I was always there. And uh, I used to joke that I was, you know, uh, I, I wasn't that good. You know, I, I kind of was, you know, a javelin catcher and a <laughs> captain of the miniature golf team and, you know, captain of the rock, paper, scissors. But I did play a lot and I played. I played semi-pro, like a semi-pro baseball team and senior baseball when I was still working. I, like when I was 18, 19, I was still working at a local station. And, at, and we didn't have feeds coming in, so there was always a two-hour break. So I just went out and played. I'd go, and if there was an hour to play hockey, or, you know, between six and seven, because I did the late-night sports, I'd go and play. Baseball, same thing. And I still, to this day, I love, I, I play hockey three or four times a week. I try to play golf i try to keep active i'm i, I will tell you guys my whole life is it has revolved around sports and it's it's been the greatest greatest gift that i ever got was my my love of it and once you fall in love with it it's 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 hard man you just you, you can't shake it it is an addiction yeah for sure for sure i i feel i feel it too yeah it's um it's a hell of a drug hell of a drug but I, I got to ask, I'm a pretty big baseball fan, and you covered uh, baseball during the, the Halcyon days. Mm-hmm. How much of a hit was the 94 lockout to the baseball landscape in Canada? Yeah, that's a really good one. I, you know, I was thinking about it the other day because um, this was the 30th year of the 92 World Championship. Next year will be the 30th year of the 93 and the Joe Carter. And I think people, you know uh, – I don't. I don't. I don't even know how. How old are you guys? Were you even around? Any of you like were you around? How old were you when in ninety two, ninety three? I was not born yet. There you go. So there you go. So if uh, I was drinking, you, um, I was celebrating. There, there you go. <laughs> I was. Yeah. So was I during the broadcast. Uh, I was. I was. Uh, you know that people ask me. You know, what's the greatest event you've been around? And and I love being around the NBA championship, and I've been around world championships and cups and yada still to me the one that gives me goosebumps is that first world championship in 92 uh with the jays uh just because it was the first time you know a canadian team had won beyond hockey won something that the americans coveted so much it was almost like we stole something from them we won the war so 92 and 93 were really special but i was also doing the expos i was broadcasting the blue jays as a host at that time uh so i broadcast 90 uh the nine, I came to Toronto in 90, so I did 91, 92. Uh, and, and we're only the thing is, those days there were only two games on a week it was a Wednesday night game and a Saturday game, or it might be a Sunday. There weren't games on every, not every game was broadcast, which is which is you know odd wow. when you think about it. And then cable came and TSN came, of course, and I was working for CTV, but we were doing expo games as well. 
and I will recall in, in 93, actually, I was in Montreal the night the, uh, the Canadians won the Stanley Cup. At Olympic Stadium, the Expos were playing, and I'll never forget coming out there, and cars and everything were, it was, it was insane. And so that Expos team in 94, I do believe, had a very good chance of playing the Blue Jays for the world championship. The mm. cover of Sports Illustrated at the All-Star break said, could it be an All-Canada, something along that line, All-Canada World Series? What, could this be? And there was a, I can't remember who was on the cover. It might have been Alomar and Larry Walker or something like that. I can't remember. Anyway, uh, the All-Star game was incredible. Like, again, Canada, and the Expos were unbelievable. The Blue Jays were dipping a bit. 94, when that strike happened, and then Bud Selig shut down baseball. Hurt baseball for about a decade and actually they're still reeling now you saw that you've seen the contracts the last couple of days and the mm. amount of money that exists in this sport i would say it really hurt especially in canada especially montreal you saw what happened it was the beginning of the end of the expos i still believe that montreal is a great city to, to have a, a a baseball team i i still think they have a diehard base there that is equal to or maybe even better uh they got more history with baseball than even toronto uh, has you know jackie robinson played in montreal you know tommy mm -hmm. lasorda played in montreal goes back a long way never won obviously but i do think that kind of crept in that strike really sullied and again you know, a couple of you guys were born it, it was devastating for the game it took a long time and it took a long time here north of the border for people to believe and i would say too the blue jays dipped i started doing uh sports net games with joe carter 98 i believe and then 99 and 2000 and again, I think the interest had waned, even after a championship. It was devastating to the game. It was awful for the game. It was a blight on the game. Uh, it was, you know, I, who do I blame? I blame both sides. How could that much greed? Now, think about it for a second, though. These were, at the time, these, they were, you know, talking about salaries that players were making. They were, they were, the owners were saying astronomical salaries of three to four million dollars a year. What? Do you know that Justin Verlander is going to make three or four million dollars a game, a win mm. next year? So they, you know, the strike did it do it? What it? No, it, I, I think it just took people away from the game, and all the money that they talked about saving and doing this, and they still haven't done it. The game, there still is an explosion of money because the game is still very popular, especially south of the border. But yeah, oh my gosh, it it really really hurt, and it took a long time for the fans to to have faith again. That's why last year, you guys, had another strike. If another work stoppage happens, honestly, it would put baseball, in my mind, on a tightrope with no safety net underneath. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of fans would then certainly start to say, forget it. Even though it's, what, 30 years later to have another one, I just don't think people have the patience for it because the money is too great. They would say, oh, the owners are greedy, which I guess they are, and the players are greedy. Oh, and I guess they are, you know, just divvy up. Here's your billions, divvy it up and let's go watch baseball. All right. There we go. Now, just before I throw to Justin, do you think the Grizzlies will come back or do you think we'll get like a Vancouver basketball team? I hope so. I will tell you that was, that was one of the saddest days. I'll never forget when that I saw that announcement. One of the saddest days of my career because I love doing games out there. Leo and I both did a lot of games. So we did the national game out there. Uh, I still say that at the beginning, back then, 
the Grizzlies were actually set up for more success because they had a, a, a beautiful arena. The Raptors didn't at the time. They were playing in the Sky Dome, mm. which was unique. <laughs> but they, and and there just had, seemed, seemed to be a, a better atmosphere there. I think in the Sky Dome was just too Canyon esque. Mm-hmm. But I it was it was so good. Do I think the Grizzlies? should never have moved mostly because they never were set up for success the the ownership at the time did not have the kind of money fast forward american owners who were just thinking about one thing taking this team taking it back to the states and what do they do they don't change the name and they go to where memphis tennessee where i guarantee you the only grizzly bear in memphis tennessee is in a zoo because there aren't any anywhere (laughs) there aren't any grizzlies so why would you even change the name so I guess the thing is, if basketball did come back, I do think it can, and I do think it will eventually. I think it's going to take years, maybe. It should. It's a great market. Just need good ownership. Maybe they have this, the, the, the symmetry now with the Canucks there. Great fans, yada, yada, yada. But, you know, give them back the name. <laughs> you know, the Grizzlies. You know, Memphis, like I could see Memphis Rockers, whatever. <laughs> you know, Memphis Hillbillies, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Grizzlies? Are you kidding? They took the name. Well, like, then again, there are no lakes in Los Angeles, right? There's no, no. jazz in Utah. Well, technically not, but you know <laughs> what I mean. So, yeah, well, I don't, I don't get why the NBA's predilection is to to take teams, move them, and keep the team team name. You know, at least the Colorado when, in hockey, uh, when they the Quebec Nordiques went to Denver, they didn't call them the Denver Nordiques. You know, when they left Winnipeg to go to Phoenix, they didn't call them the Phoenix Jets. So I, I don't know why basketball likes to do that. But I, it was such a sad day. And yes, um, I, I really do hope it returns I, because Vancouver deserves it. It's a great market. Right. Maybe we'll get the Vancouver polar bears. Yeah. So just going to really touch on that real quick. First off, you said Leo. You're talking about Leo Routon? Yeah. Yeah. Leo Routens, who uh, is one of um, – he was the Steve Nash before Steve Nash, you guys. And again, this is way before – any of you were born, but uh, my, one of my first years, I got a chance to broadcast an exhibition game in Winnipeg featuring the highest draft pick ever in the NBA, a Canadian who went to the defending champion Philadelphia 76ers, 17th overall. His name was Leo Routens. And I was an aspiring basketball player. Truth be told, I really wanted to play hoop. And I, and, and, I think that would, if I had a chance, it might have been. A, I wish I would have. The game would would have been like it is now. So you know, a smaller player. I'm not. I'm not small, but I mean, you know, a, a player who's six two can make it now. Back then, mm-hmm. it was like you got to be six 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 eight. But anyway, Leo is one of the one of the greatest Canadian basketball players ever. But also, I think he's also one of the best Canadian uh, trailblazers ambassadors for the game because of what he did back again back in the 80s guys there was like one canadian in the nba maybe one or two you know leo and mike schmack bill wennington later when i when i started broadcasting in the nba in canada in 1995 when the raptors and grizzlies were there there were only two or three canadians bill wennington for sure rick fox who was kind of canadian and then shortly thereafter steve nash opened the door and it and now we have the second most canadians internationally uh as as far as as far as an international base is concerned united states feeds the nba with the most players canada is second we've come a long way man it's awesome and leo routens was one of those guys that you know his his footprints are and, and fingerprints are all over this 
By the way, great guy. I don't know if you guys, you guys should have him on your show. The dude farts. He just has bad gas he, everywhere we go. <laughs> I've done thousands and thousands and thousands of broadcasts. And most of the time, people always ask me about the one where Sam Mitchell and I and Leo are in studio. We came out, Leo lets a bomb go uh, as we're at a break and it, we're coming back. And it's like, it's splashed all over us. It's in my nostrils. It's in my suit. It's everywhere. Well, Sam is like, gagging and i just came out of a break and i said well breaking news we've had a gas leak in the studio and then well it became a, a viral sensation we 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 sat there for a minute and a half and all we did was was giggle because we were it was such an awful awful blast of methane brutal oh my god he has he always says he's got oh, what, what a guy can't have a sick stomach i said yeah you've had a sick stomach for the last 10 decades like come on enough Amen. <laughs> uh, better out than in, as Shrek always says. I guess he has a real issue. He can't. I'm telling you, he is. He, uh, he's a. He is a. Mar as I call him, a martial fartist. Martial fartist. Well, tell you what, there, Rod. If uh, you can get us in contact with him, we'd love to have him on the show. And uh, he'll 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 come on for sure. He's you know, he's got great stories. He's been around, like I said, the game and I. And the beauty for you guys is that it's a podcast. You don't have to be in the same room. It's perfect. Because otherwise, you'd, you'd have to wear a gas mask for sure. <laughs> He's brutal. He's brutal. We love that. Um, also, kind of moving forward, talking about uh, the Grizzlies, when you cover the CEBL, so you would know about the Fraser Valley Bandits, do you think that with the success of them, that will almost coax the NBA to be like, you know what, actually, we'll start off with a G League team, and then we'll move up to an NBA team. Do you think that would work? Yeah. Well, they were starting to move, right? All these teams are starting to move in the CEBL. You know, you saw Hamilton, a former champion team, move to Brampton. I think these teams are starting to move now into, into mm -hmm. bigger markets. I think it's the greatest thing that's happened. And I, I don't want to take away from the other pro leagues in Canada, like the NBL. The issue with that is that they play, and there's only, it's like a four to six team league. They play during basketball season, yep. which is hard to get the highest caliber players. The CEBL is this summer league. Which is a fascination, and I don't know if you have. Have you guys gone to any games? Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. So you know, you've, I, I say it all the time. It's and I, I again, I was doing the Scarborough Shooting Stars uh, games in for um, Sam Ibrahim and Nico Carino, and you know, here, here's a game. Like you know, you go to a. I, I say, dude, I went to a party and a basketball game broke out. Music plays all the time. <laughs> it's fun. Celebs everywhere. People are love, and the caliber of the game is off the charts. Jalen Harris, an nba player. played. The NBA, baby, Lucas Nogueira was playing. They have NBA-caliber players. G League, everybody from the G League, everybody from overseas playing in this league. And it's in the yeah. summer, and it's and it's good. And, and I love their endings. They have this Elam ending. I don't know if you guys know much about it, but mm. you know, it's, it's, it's the target score ending. It's, I've, I've taken my kids. I gauge a lot of this stuff from my kids. By the way, if it's cool for teenagers and young adults, it's going to be cool, you know, and it's cool. And that's what I think, you know, that's maybe how Vancouver gets back in again, you know, like it, down the road. But it's it's fantastic. And we need we need more of that. Uh, we need that with uh, I, I've always my, my probably my biggest mantra in life. And I think the CFL has to take this. The pos prospect of a women's professional hockey league has to think about this. Any pro league or sports venture, everybody was trying to go for you know, the 20 somethings. Oh, come, come over and there's going to be a great party. And, you know, and everybody's going to be, you know, like we're going to go, we got a rum hut and we got all this stuff. And, you know, we got a band that's going to play and that's all good. You need that. But what you got to get first is you got to get the kids. 
I'm sure it's for you guys the same way. When I was young and a young boy, I dreamed about going to games and we couldn't afford it. And you got to yep. make it affordable for people. And I've always said that parents don't drive kids to games. Kids drive parents to games. That's how it works. And if you got kids and a young family, you go, I'll take my kid. And it's affordable. You know, minor league baseball, uh, minor league hockey, whatever it is, the Marlies, wherever, uh, junior hockey, OJ, whatever. That's how it has to start. And by the way, the cost is really, is, is really affordable. So, you know, I, I, I'm a, I'm a big believer in, 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 you know, the marketing for young teams, but also just exposing young kids and families to sport. I, it's, to me, it's, it's, it's just logical. I 100% agree. I mean, I'm kind of spoiled in Mississauga where I have, you're right, now I have Hamilton coming to, to Brampton, so that's kind of nice for me, yep. but I have the 905 Raptors. 905 is right there, yeah. If you love hoops, man. Yep. And you oh can go God. watch I, University Hoops too. Yep, I have Mississauga Steelheads. Like, I have yeah. everything around me in Saga. It's yeah. absolutely brilliant. Yeah, and it's, again, the ticket's not going to, like, I, I make a pretty good living, and, you know, I look at it, and, you know, if I wanted to take my, my family, I got four kids, and my wife, we wanted to go to a Leaf game or a Raptor game. That's a fifteen hundred dollar to two thousand dollar night. That's insane. That's yeah, crazy. It's, just, it's disgusting. You know, if, if you think about, you know, let, let's just do the math here. For okay, so let's say a family of three or three kids. So a family, or let's just say family of four, two kids, two adults. Okay, mm-hmm. and they get season tickets, right? Yep. So that, what is that? You're good with numbers. Do the math on that. Like, okay, let's 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 say it is Toronto. So it's got to be 200 a ticket, right? At least. So there's 800 bucks, 800 times 40. So that's $32,000. Yep. $32,000. Okay. That's before, or that's after tax, right? 32,000. You have to make, you have to make like what, so, so if there's a middle-class family that maybe, you know, just let's say they're bringing in over a hundred thousand into their family, you couldn't, you couldn't do it. You're giving thirty two thousand dollars for tickets? Absolutely I mean, not. As a responsible parent, you couldn't do it. Or what? Okay, kids, we're going to go to games, but we're not going to eat for a year. <laughs> <laughs> you no, know? okay, oh, sorry, sorry, but that we, we have no heat and we can't eat. But man, we're going to watch the Leafs or the Raptors. That's got that's that's messed, man. I I just think the prices are just so whacked. That's and by the way, it goes back to what we talked about earlier, guys. It's one of the reasons that the sports world's gone crazy, right? Because those ticket prices are so high. Mm-hmm. And that's a hundred percent the truth. It's a sad reality. And that's why like we cover a lot of sports and one thing in common is the prices, whether it's even UFC, it can be kind of expensive for certain things as well. Although recently I've gotten to chess boxing, which I thought that was an interesting sport to kind of start investigating, but what, what is that? Chess boxing. You never heard of it? I have, I, I don't think so to give, give, tell me what it is I, where, and where is it? So chess boxing is two boxers and they play three minutes of chess. And then after that time, they get into the ring for four minutes or whatever it is, depending on your division. I have not heard about this. This is on pay-per-view. Where is this? Uh, this is just online. You can like YouTube it. Like most of it's free really? for and stuff. Okay. That's, yeah, chess so boxing. now like, I, I definitely know because everybody asks me, well, what sport haven't you done? I've done them all. I have definitely not done chess <laughs> boxing. That's my next thing. I better, br- I better, br- better brush up on my chess. That's <laughs> yeah, actually it's, it's amazing to watch. Um, Rod, before we get you out here, we have a couple couple more questions for you, a little silly questions. Uh, the first one is, have you had a poutine before? Have I had a? Poutine. Poutine? Yep. Yes. Oh, yeah, of course. 
Yes. Yeah. I actually had some um, the other day at the world, one of the World Cup uh, watch parties. Uh, I'm not the biggest poutine fan, by the way. Oh. Uh, I like it. I don't like the cheese curds. Like um, again, I'm. I like. I like the gravy though. I like. I, I will tell you. I'm, I probably have a a bit of a, a zest for uh, fries and gravy. I quite like it. Uh, very good. Uh, Johnny's. You guys go to Johnny's? No. Johnny's. You guys don't know where Johnny's is? Where's Johnny's, Johnny's Burgers? Right at the corner of Shepherd and Victoria Park. Oh, 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 oh smell, no, that's Scarborough. Yeah, oh, dude, it's like, when you do Scarborough Shooting Stars games, how we do it is if I'm, one of my, part, my partners, Warren Ward, we, we'll, uh, if, and Savannah Hamilton, who works the game as well, if the Scarborough Shooting Stars win, we end up at Johnny's. And we enjoy Johnny. You guys got to go to Johnny's. I'll tell you what, come to it next year. You guys come to a Shooting Stars game. You'll be my guest. I'll give you a front row. And then uh, you hope for a win. I'll take you to Johnny's. Done. This is recorded. We, we have. Yeah, no, dude. I'm telling you. So yeah. So yeah. They have a poutine there, but I'm I'm not the biggest poutine fan. So, but I I, I have had it. Uh, okay. Cool. Yeah. Because we always ask everyone, especially those from Vancouver, like, uh, I haven't had a poutine. What is that? Yeah. You know. Yeah, I would say that's not a Western. Probably not a Western thing. Right, but no. it, it's becoming more popular. There's like there's some trucks now. They have like some of these trucks on the streets that, that just are poutine trucks. Crazy. Hell yeah, hell yeah. I love myself poutine. I used to work for New York Fries. And oh. last thing for you, where can our fans find you on social media? Uh, so uh, Twitter, and I, I think my Instagram is the same thing. Uh, I don't. I got to get more on the gram. I, I think um, I'm not a Facebook guy, um, although it's linked. So it's at Rod Black. TV, as in Tom Victor, Broad Black mm-hmm. TV, could be a new network. Uh, that's my Twitter feed. Yeah, we got a lot. Of, and I have a broadcast now. It's, it's, it's a, hey. like you guys, a podcast. It's called Rodcast, which um, I'm doing with North Star uh, Bets and the Toronto Star. And, you know, we get a chance to talk with some of the biggest names in sports and entertainment. Uh, if you go on there now, we just uh, did something with, with uh, Jack Armstrong. He, hey. He's actually singing now. Hello, hello. Garbage out of here. And uh, Ray Bork <laughs> and Joe Carter, and uh, you know the uh, and again a little more in depth and a, a good conversation with with some of these people. So that's on there, and uh, yeah, at Rod Black TV. That's my uh, Instagram, and that's also my uh, Twitter. I, I'm still like I'm still getting used to this stuff, guys. Maybe I, I, I'll come over and once we have some, we'll have a Johnny's Burger. You guys can get me a little more versed in. Uh, the technology of it. I, I, and Hey, I do have a Twitter account and I'm sure you guys do right now, but let's see how long Twitter lasts. <laughs> seeing what's going on with it. Oh That's my gosh. Right. You know, hold, hold on a second. Hold on a second. You've mentioned the name North star betting a couple of times. What's, what's that all about, Rod? So like, again, there, you know, there are so many, um, books and sports books and casinos. And so Toronto star, uh, and one of its, uh, I guess entities and its platform is North Star Bets, and uh, it's a, a, a very similar to all the other gaming companies that are out there. I think it's I think it's the best one personally, just because it's Canadian and it's Ontarian. And you know, we, we've that seems to be the world now. You guys is that we've uh, you know I would never have thought that a few years ago that you know every game that you see now is somebody's betting on it uh, on a result on a parlay on a prop. Uh, there's tons of it out there. I, I think it has to be responsible. I'm a big believer in responsibility for it. I, I also am a big believer that someday we may have a compromise or a, some integrity issues. We have to be on top of that. 
but for the most part, it's a fascination. There are arenas, you guys, down right now. They're building places with seat in the seats in arenas. They actually have um, a, a monitor and a, a keypad that you can type your bets in during that game on the on, on the very next play or very next shot. Wow, uh, that's that's wow. the world we live in now, and, and and it's also helping to facilitate sponsorship and it's creating more revenue for sports teams. It's the world we live in. And I, I really like, I, I, I'm fascinated by it. I, w- I was intrigued before. And so, yeah, North Star Bets is, uh, and I think it's northstarbets.ca. Uh, go there and they have, again, all the lines on the night and all the ins and outs and some great insight as well. Chris Johnson and I provide content with uh, that website and it's, uh, it's, it's a lot of fun. I, I, I quite, here's the, here's the one thing, because people have always asked me, and I, and I would say that I like to gamble. Um, I'm not saying I had an issue with it a few years ago, but I like to gamble. I have a hard time gambling on sports and yet I have so much inside information and I would say insight. I sometimes get stuff that people don't get, Mm -hmm. but it's very, the, the people who set those lines, you guys, I don't know where they are or where they, what bunker they're in or what, what spaceship they're on, where they get this Intel. It's incredible. The amount of precision that they have on setting lines i don't know again i, I think they're, maybe they're in the T- tibetan mountains somewhere <laughs> i don't know i don't know who these people are i want to meet them someday but yeah the, the betting world has become a fascinating part of the sports world uh, and i'm sure you guys probably live it too i don't know how much you if you lay anything down or whatever i i also do know that soccer or golf when i went over to britain when i was broadcasting stuff there that's when I first started it. I went, what is this thing beside the pub? What's this book thing, this sports mm. book? Mm-hmm. And you literally could go anywhere in London or in Ireland or Scotland or most of the places in Europe, and you could you could bet on anything, anything. Mm-hmm. And I'm going, this was years ago. I'm going decades. I'm going, this is, I said, this is crazy. Because, you know, honestly, in North America, we can only go to Vegas or Atlantic City or, um, you know, some of the reservation lands that that had casinos on them. It's changing now. So again, hopefully, you know, for anybody out there, make sure that you do play responsibly, play responsibly, but Hey, go after it, get a win, get a few wins. Now, are they operating out of one young or are they situated somewhere else? Yeah. So uh, even the Toronto stars, not at one young anymore. They just moved. I heard this week. Uh, Really? Yeah. So no, they, uh, they, uh, North star operates near King and university. Uh, again, a different, a separate entity, but again, part of the uh, coming under the Toronto star umbrella, I think mostly. And it's, yeah, I, I encourage people to go on to North Star Bets or North Star Gaming. And uh, I, it's just not sportsbook. It's, you can play, you know, card games, casino games. Uh, the, the, by, boys, the, the, these smartphones that we have are very smart. <laughs> They're very, very smart. Sometimes <laughs> too smart for our own good. We can basically do anything and everything on them. And so, uh, yeah, it's, um, it is a... It, I, in a million years, would never have thought we would have all come to this point, especially after I lived the Pete Rose thing. I lived all through, you know, some of the uh, the gambling issues that came in sports, and now here we are. And uh, it, for the most part, it, it's, it seems to be win-win-win for everybody. 100%. 100%. <laughs> Thanks for tuning into the podcast. For even more of your favorite sports content, be sure to visit the website www.prosportspodcasters.com. On our website, you will find our sports blog, full podcast library, 
access to our YouTube channel, and deals from our affiliate partners. You can also sign up to become a PSP Insider and get exclusive access to our Insider Tips, Sponsor Giveaways, and Insider Newsletter. So don't miss out on the full Pro Sports Podcast's experience, where no sport is left behind.